you know, the cycles of success are, 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 are never linear. They're always loops, and you need to have a lot of resilience and a lot of grit in order to, in order to succeed. Welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. Just sit back, relax, and learn from the leaders of today. It's a journey. Each one is different, unique, inspiring. Let's get started. This episode is powered by JVentures, a community-driven VC fund in Silicon Valley and is sponsored by Hillel Stanford, UpWest, and Hippo Insurance. Hello and welcome to episode 115, and we have Tal Tochner, principal at Pico Venture Partners. Tal is on the investment team at Pico Venture Partners, where she leads deal flow across all the software-enabled sectors, serves on several boards, and supports portfolio companies on growth trajectory. Previously, she was one of the youngest investment partners at Tel Aviv Capital and part of the founding team and head of business development at WMN, the first co-working space for female-led ventures in Tel Aviv. Tal is a Kaufman Fellow and was a Forbes Under 30 recipient in 2017. Tal Tochner, thank you for joining me on 20 Minute Leaders. How are you? I'm great. I'm really excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I'm really excited that you are here. So where are you calling from right now? I'm calling from our office in Tel Aviv. Okay, the Pico offices. The Pico offices, that's right. Wonderful, wonderful. Okay, well, I'm, well, I'm glad to see that things are still, that still, are still happening there, even though you know, the situation is so dire. But hopefully by the time this airs, it'll, it'll die down a bit and things will get a little bit better. First, I want to talk about morning dance parties. What is that all about? Oh, my goodness. So I have an incredible morning routine um, that includes writing and gratitude and meditation and a bit of yoga. But my favorite part is blasting the music that, you know, wakes up all my neighbors super early and just dancing that off the wall. I love it. I love it. Okay, I've been trying to get into a morning routine myself, but I and everybody's been telling me about about the meditation and gratitude part. I think that I'm going to start by adopting this morning dance party and then move on to those uh, because that seems like a, like a really nice part of it. Uh, Tal, uh, you know, I'm going to let you talk a little bit about your journey because I'm not going to be able to do justice. But just as a small recap, currently uh, in, an investor within Pico, uh, within Pico, you are also a Forbes 30 under 30. Founded several organizations, uh, WMN a part of them. Uh, but you also did a lot of other work in terms of female empowerment and leadership globally, not just in tech. And I'd love to actually get started with that in just a second and then weave the conversation into sort of how you invest within Pico and what are your uh, what, what do you bring to the table for the both portfolio companies, but also in part of, a part of your investment thesis. So Tal, take us away. Talk to me a little bit about your journey, where you're from and, and how you got to where you are. Uh, amazing. So I was born and raised in uh, in the U.S. in uh, New York, New Jersey. I moved to Israel when I was about 16, and I've been here ever since. Did kind of uh, spent some time in the army. Um, went to went to Hebrew University, and was to be honest, my dream was always to be a diplomat. Um, and from kind of that dream, somehow I became a venture capitalist. Um, but a little bit different. A little different, but much of the same. Uh, what, what is the same between being a diplomat and being a venture capitalist? So I'm really passionate about Israel and telling Israel's phenomenal story. So as a venture capitalist, I get the opportunity to tell the economic phenomenal story right. and not necessarily the political one. And I feel like um, that brings a lot of great things together. Okay, and so growing up to become a diplomat, what does that entail? Is that like model United Nations and that sort of stuff? Or how do you set yourself up to become a diplomat and then make that rapid transition into venture capital? So I took part in a lot of international and global learning experiences and conferences, whether it was 
you know, the model UN, whether it was international diplomacy, peace building, humanitarian aid, I was traveling around the world and taking part in, uh, in unique learning experiences in order to acquire the soft skills that'll help me succeed and the learning experiences that'll help me become, uh, become better, uh, better professionally. Um, and, uh, and when I started university, I set out to study Chinese and international relations because I thought that would position me um, in a very unique way of course. Uh, to go into foreign service. Because, you know, not many people speak Chinese, definitely not about And it's more relevant than ever. More relevant than ever. And, uh, and that actually took me to the business side and not the diplomatic side, which is uh, surprising and I'm extremely grateful and happy about that. So what was your first dip into the business side of things out of the diplomacy side? So during my, uh, towards the end of my first year of university, I decided to intern for an incredible CEO, Rebecca Zeckford at the Israel Asia Center, which is an incredible organization that basically, basically fosters collaborations between Israel and all countries around Asia specifically around economic uh, economic ties. Okay. And, what, and that basically was my entry point um, to kind of the, the entire startup ecosystem uh, here, here in Israel. I was hosting high-level uh, senior delegations of investors and entrepreneurs and government officials and connecting them to the, and connecting them to the local ecosystems here. Were you, were you able to use any of the Chinese you learned in university or was that not even a part of it? Uh, you know, uh, my Chinese is not not as good as I hoped it would be. <laughs> very, very nice. Okay, now talk to me a little bit about this thing that you founded, which you're, you're empowering female leaders, not necessarily in tech, but in all sectors, and and you're doing it in, in a pretty cool way. So tell me a little bit about what that program was about, and then we'll transition to to some of the investments. About five years ago, I, found it, I co-founded um, an organization called the Women's Parliament that really fosters female leadership across the board all over Israel. And for me personally, it was extremely important to invest in mid-senior leadership, but also showcase the various, um, various you know, Israel is extremely unique, right? We have a lot of different sectors and societies, and I wanted to make sure that we, we have everyone, uh, everyone there as a group. Um, so we, we have women that, you know, from the um, public sector, from the private sector, from nonprofits, from all across Israel, from, you know, south to north. We have Haredi women, we have Arab women, we have um, Olim, um, new immigrants. Um, and, uh, and this program really sets out to help them acquire skill sets that they're going to need in order to become the future leaders of Israel. Now, what does that actually mean tangibly? So they join this program, you, you identify these women. What do you actually do with them to get to, to make that leap? So we have, meetings, uh, every, we have meetings every so often with either thought leaders or entrepreneurs or government leaders that tell their personal stories, but also give them um, help also provide a practical skill that, that these females can use within their or, own organizations. And through that, we also foster relationships and, and, and mentorship and friendships um, amongst the, the women that to really help them increase 
their network in order to succeed. So when I looked at my own network, I said, okay, I'm very much in high tech and startup ecosystem. I don't know anything else um, around me. Definitely not at the time, right? I wanted, and, and if I want to succeed in a, in a really meaningful way, um, I need to establish a much broader network. And that's how this kind of came to be. And that's what was so important for us to, to bring in women that really depict all of Israel's society from all different sectors. And there have been a lot of really great outcomes um, and friendships and collaborations that have come out of this uh, incredible forum. And so uh, are there any common threads that you've noticed among the among the members in this program where there are specific specific things that that collectively they need or collectively are looking for as they join this program and are making the leap? Yes, we, we, I think women as a whole um, have a lot of, uh, have a lot of challenges as they, as they step up from, from mid-level to senior level to executives. And there's a lot that always happens around negotiation skills, a lot about, you know, internal politics, a lot about management, right? Mm -hmm. When you move from, from mid-level to senior level and how do you manage a team and how do you manage your time effectively, a lot about productivity, a lot about um, facilitation of, of relationships and strategic partnerships. Those are things that are common threads that, that across industries we deal with on a day-to-day -day level. And was it helpful that this is a community that is strictly for women in terms of in terms of their empowerment? Because it's because all of these skills are hugely relevant to both to both genders, right? But but I'm but I'm trying to assess whether the the fact that it's a community that it's by women for women gives them a little bit more flexibility and more confidence to go in and utilize them. A hundred percent. I think that it, it it provides a really strong foundation where you're not afraid to raise your hands and ask a question where you don't feel like you're constantly being judged, where you can really come and be yourself and be your authentic self and uh, and really create those meaningful relationships that will really help you take yourself to the next level. Wonderful. Okay, Tal, so you 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 uh, forwent your, uh, your passion for diplomacy to go into investing. Today you're at Pico. You've had a couple of other, uh, of other gigs with investing before. Talk to me a little bit about investing. What is investing for you and what do you do specifically at Pico that you're so excited about? So at Pico, at Pico Partners, I have an incredible opportunity to really work with founders. We're really early stage funds, so we're normally kind of the first institutional money in the company. So sometimes we invest really at the idea phase. So I get to work with I get to work with entrepreneurs from you know an idea and a presentation and help them build companies. And that's something that's so exciting for me. Everything from kind of the ideation to the productization to the go-to-market strategy to hiring and business development um, and setting up shop kind of in global countries. It's an incredible, it's something that, you know, gets me really excited to wake up every day to do. So, so walk me through your day today. You arrive in the morning or you're in the beginning of the week at Pico Partners. And, and what does the day in the life of, of Tal Talkner look like? Every day is different. Uh, there's no common thread. Uh, I spend a lot of time meeting with entrepreneurs and learning about new industries and understanding whether, you know, uh, hearing a lot of pitches and, and trying to think whether these are, you know, that valuable businesses and scalable businesses and that fit um, our investment thesis. And a big part of my work also goes to actually working with the entrepreneurs that I invested in on, you know, on their daily challenges. 
um, making sure that you know we're going through really rough times all around the world. Corona, COVID nineteen has, has really impacted a lot of a lot of businesses and a lot of markets globally. And I want to be you know my entrepreneur's biggest cheerleader, and I want to make sure that they have what it takes, and I can be helpful for them to make it through successfully. Um, and sometimes that entails you know working with them on on hiring or refining their value proposition or their go-to-market strategy. Um, doing some market research, and we have. I, I do a lot of work uh, with the entrepreneurs. So, how does that actually the process start? Because the way that I'm that I'm looking at, it, especially in the very very early stages, so let's say the ideation phase, you know, the entrepreneurs become really expert in this experts in this domain. They become truly passionate about this. What is your role as the institutional fund that comes in and supports them into helping them, you know? encapsulate this ideation into a product, hire, uh, you know, uh, follow on to their future investments. How do you actually go and follow these entrepreneurs? Is it, you know, do you have like a set things that you expect them to do or you expect yourselves to do? Or is it more dynamic per entrepreneur? It's, it's very dynamic per entrepreneur. I think different entrepreneurs, you know, value and need different things. Um, but ultimately, I will never know about a sector or a specific technology better than the entrepreneur that's there and working day to day. But I do have an incredible benchmark having seen a lot of different companies, a lot of different scenarios, researching a lot of different markets that I can come from with an outside view and be, hey, did you think about that? Hey, this worked well with this company. Why don't you think of, uh, of utilizing this for, for your use case as well? And that's kind of, I think, where venture capitalists can be real value add and helpful to the to entrepreneurs. Okay, and, and is there a specific market that you're particularly excited about or is it very agnostic? Oh, wow. Um, so I'm, I'm very generalist and I'm, I'm very agnostic, but I'm extremely passionate about the future of work. Digital health space is something I'm looking a lot into right now. Food tech I'm really excited about. Those are things that I'm really deep diving on. Um, but I, I look at I look at a lot. Of so give me a couple of insights into this idea of digital health, the future of the workplace, because obviously that's something that's hugely relevant to myself, to anybody that's listening to the show, to any entrepreneur that is starting out their journey. What what are some of the trends that you've been seeing over the past few months? And and if I ask uh, you, Tal, what do you think are the are the key cornerstones or key milestones in the as as we move along in this new reality? When I look at the future of work, you know the way we're working is going to fundamentally change. We're now getting used to working remotely. What does that mean? How do you manage teams effectively? How do you secure the network? Think about all these, you know, heavy enterprises that, you know, are on-prem. How do, how do employees effectively work from home? Connectivity. Um, we spoke about communication between teams, building culture, all of that. There's so much opportunity and things that are going to have to change in, 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 the data, in our day-to-day. Right. And I, I, no, no, go ahead. When I think about digital health, this global pandemic really posed a lot of opportunities uh, for companies um, to really disrupt remote care. We see telemedicine right now booming. How do you, you know, and, and I think right now consumers are used to getting a lot of their services remotely. And I think that's something that's going to be very hard um, to go back to the old days. So I think right now when I look at hospitals and I look at clinics and I look at private practices and I look at the payers and they're gonna have to do a lot of a lot of work to transition um, and, uh, and in order to stay relevant and keep up with uh, with the trend and what consumers are expecting to have. 
Right. So, so what's important for you when you meet an entrepreneur and and you're considering joining them on the journey? What what sort of like your thesis into these are things that I'm excited about and that I trust. These are things that I'm a little bit more worried about. And obviously, this is something that would go a long way uh, for any young entrepreneur watching this. So as an early stage investor, the thing I look at and spend the most time on is the team. Um, why are they? Why did they choose to go after this uh, this specific industry or problem? Why are they best positioned to solve it? Um, what what you know? What are they most passionate about? What's the purpose behind what they're doing? And I think you know, you would know, right? Uh, founding a founding a startup and being an entrepreneur or something that's extremely difficult. They're you know the cycles of success are are, are are never linear. They're always losing. You need to have a lot of resilience and a lot of grit in order to in order to succeed. And you need to be very mission driven. Um, and so that's something that I spend a lot of time on. And again, I personally am excited about things that um, are going to change the way we live, the way we consume things, the way we operate um, that will impact um, impact our lives. And also, on the other hand, kind of operational efficiency, um, innovative business models, fixing broken business processes in old industries, which is what's exciting for me in digital health, for instance. Um, so I'm, I look on the team and the market opportunity primarily. So one of the things that I'm always very excited about is the and or very interested in is how different institutions come into a startup and and now have to sort of play a similar role, different role, depending on the round that they join. How do you as an investor come in and, and see this relationship also with other investors? Uh, who come into the startup, whether at your at your stage or at a different round, and all of a sudden now you have sometimes conflicting ideas, conflicting strategies. Uh, obviously, at the end, the entrepreneur uh, directs the path. But but how do you then sort of create this harmony between the different institutional investors within a startup? It's something that sometimes is hard to do, and is sometimes challenging, and and often and often great. We all have a shared interest, which is the success of the company. And we're all there to be the company's greatest cheerleader. Um, and ultimately, you know, we might have different ideas, but I think our, our job as investors is to ask the, the right questions and the challenging questions and to get the entrepreneur to think a bit outside the box or even take the opportunity to reflect. Like in board meetings, you know, you take, you take an opportunity to reflect three months back and look, you know, three months, six months, two years forward and really plan and strategize. And that's where I think we can be most helpful and I think where we all have a common common thread. And when you say we are, you're, you're meaning yourselves and the other institutional investors, right? Yes, us and, uh, and the other investors around the table. Very, very, very cool. Tal, you know, right before we get to, to my favorite question, I want to know what is the one thing that's most exciting for you in this whole in this whole journey, whether it's, you know, meeting the entrepreneurs or, or, or watching different industries and different markets boom. What is really the most exciting for you about this, about being an investor? Because you did have ambitions to go into other sectors, but obviously you're having so much fun. What are you doing now? I feel so grateful to, to be the enabler and to help entrepreneurs, you know, fulfill their dreams. I think it's it's a great, it, it's, it's an incredible opportunity and it's what, you know, wakes me up and keeps me excited every day. I love it. I love it. Okay. And three words that you would use to describe yourself? Um, execution driven, authentic, and resilient. Okay. Explain a little bit more about these. Why, why these three words? So I'm extremely execution driven. I know how to take 
you know, a lot of ideas and put them into into processes and execute on them. And I help uh, I help build those frameworks with my entrepreneurs as well. I think it's a it's a it's it's part of the great value that I bring as an investor. Um, authentic, it's 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 who I am. It's my core. It's it's, it's part of me. Um, and uh, resilience. Uh, resilience is, uh, is an important part of, of my job as, uh, as I, I feel as a, as a young woman in, uh, in tech and in the investment world. Um, it, takes, uh, it takes a lot of resilience and a lot of grit, um, which I share with the entrepreneurs I invest in as well. And it's, uh, it's a big part of how, how I see um, you know, my core values and moving forward. I love it. And one thing you would say to a young entrepreneur just starting their journey, you know, now during the pandemic, they decided to go and start a startup. What would you tell them? Keep at it and, you know, keep working really hard. Um, listen to your customers, gain market feedback. And, you know, you know better than all the investors. So don't take no as, as a reason not to go and fulfill your dream. I love it. Tal, thank you very much. Todaraba. Uh, best of luck with Pico Partners. This was fantastic. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Take care.